You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is BetQL Daily. Joe Ostrowski, PJ Glasser with you. PJ in for Aaron this morning. And it is NFL draft betting season. 60 days away from the NFL draft. Ton of markets already open, more, than, more at this point than I can remember in, uh, in previous years. Just a good sign. It's a little concerned because uh, the books really get it handed to them when it comes to betting the NFL draft. People that take it seriously, like uh, Matthew Friedman, who joins us right now. He's on Twitter at Matt F, the Oracle, director of content, fantasy pros, and betting pros. Um, Matthew, uh, I want to jump in on the NFL draft. But first, let's start with this. I, I saw you've been doing some traveling recently and, and your tweet from over the weekend, on a plane, on the runway, takeoff delayed, just dozed off, someone's phone goes off. The ringtone is a rooster. The rooster crows at least 10 times. There are too many people in the world. That That is a very... That that's a very solid takeaway, Matt. I got, that you know what? There's just too many people in the world because chances are, if we had fewer, that uh, you know, if uh, Bill Burr gets his way and a cruise ship or two goes down to control population, maybe we don't get this rooster crowing on the airplane. Yeah, I mean, there are lots of takes in the world. That was just one of them. Uh, I'm, I'm more known for my draft takes, but sometimes you know, inspiration strikes. Yes, uh, certainly. Well, let's let's jump right into the draft. And this was a a big story for uh, a draft betting Twitter. Um, and it's just it's it's what we see every year. And, and now the movement is happening earlier and earlier. And it's probably going to be even more drastic than most seasons because the team that happens to have the number one overall pick. And as Schefter is already reporting this morning, they're listening. You know, of course they're listening. They have Justin Fields as their quarterback. And uh, I'm in the Chicago area. All signs point to uh, Justin Fields staying with the Bears. And so the Bears are open for business. Uh, this move, Anthony Richardson, massive. It was triple digits at some spots. I know BetMGM, they had him 100-1 to 1 to go number one overall. And then in, in a matter of a couple of weeks, now he's down to five to one at some spots. Can you explain what happened with this Anthony Richardson movement? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a situation where you have four quarterbacks in this class who all have significant flaws. You know, Bryce Young, you look at him, he's, he's the shortest quarterback and the slightest quarterback who could go number one in NFL history. C.J. Stroud. You know, he's been a good quarterback for two years, but he's getting a little bit of the Justin Fields, Ohio State treatment. And he wasn't all that strong of a sustained runner throughout college. Will Levis, incredibly raw. Anthony Richardson didn't complete even 60% of his passes in college. Uh, of course, you look at them, and on the flip side, all of them have significant traits that could explain why he could be the first quarterback taken in the class. So it's a little bit more of a toss-up than I think people realized. And Anthony Richardson, you know, one book, it was 100-1 to 1 a long time ago. Uh, you know, and Sharps started looking at that number, and they're like, wait a minute, even though we're not seeing Anthony Richardson going as the first 
back in this class in any mock draft, he has a better chance of that happening than a lot of people would think. So that number has been beat down into submission and now is much closer to what is a realistic chance of happening. Matt, do you think this is one of those years where whoever picks first, it's going to be Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, or do you think it really depends on the team and not everybody has Young at the top of their board? Some people have Stroud, maybe some either have Richardson. So do you think it's just there's a synonymous guy at one, or do you think it's really team-oriented this year? I think it's team-oriented, and I think uh, evaluators tend to have their own – uh, I don't know, their own preferences at quarterback anyway. Like that seems to be a pretty polarizing position where, where guys have particular traits that they are looking for, either just in general or for the particular offense that they run. And I think this year with a pretty wide open class uh, at the top four with the quarterback position, we will have uh, teams prefer one to the other. So there will be teams that uh, rightly or wrongly probably remove Bryce Young from their board just because he doesn't hit certain thresholds. Um, and, you know, Will Levis, you look at him, he's not all that polished of a guy, but he is like the prototypical quarterback just in terms of like the size, the arm strength. And you would think there's no way he goes number one, but you could see how it happens, you know, especially this week at the combine. If he goes out there and tears it up as a passer, you can see how it happens. So I don't think there is, any one consensus guy. I, I think Young should be the favorite, and then I think Stroud should be the guy after him, but it wouldn't surprise me if Levis ultimately is the first quarterback taken. Even though I said a little bit ago with Anthony Richardson, like he's in the mix, mm-hmm. it still would surprise me if Richardson overall is the number one, at least right now. Now, of course, if he goes out there at the combine and you know runs a 4-5 uh, and then looks fantastic passing the ball, then all bets are off. But it wouldn't surprise me if Levis ends up being the guy. Young should be the consensus favorite, but it really is a toss-up. What bets have you made for number one overall pick? And since we really don't know which team is going to be holding the number one overall pick, uh, do you have a guess as uh, how many do you think you'll have by the time we uh, get to uh, draft night two months from now? Oh, well, I mean, by the time we get to draft <laughs> night, uh, I will have at least a hundred bets. I, I don't think there's there's a question about that. Uh, you know, well, ju- I'm just saying years. for the number one pick. I'm su- I'm just oh, saying for the number for the one num- pick. For the number one pick, I might have two or three positions. Uh, the one position I have right now is Will Levis uh, to go number one. I got him at eight to one at Caesars and ten to one at BetMGM in January, uh, and I feel pretty decent about those numbers. I think there's value in him all the way down to four to one, um, but uh, I could see Anthony Richardson being a position that I end up taking as well. Matt, is there, when you look at a team, you know, there's so many ways to bet the draft. One of my favorites is betting which position a team will draft. When you look at the board right now, have you, are you eyeing one of those bets? Like you're confident that there's a certain team that's definitely going to draft X position? Well, well, I mean, you know, free agency will determine a lot of this. But right now, I would say I have literally surveyed hundreds of mock drafts. And I have not seen one that does not have a quarterback going to the Colts. Like, that just feels like the mortal lock of all locks. Now, uh, you know, famous last words and the odds on that. I don't know if a book will even post odds on that because it just feels like something that is destined to happen. 
But that feels mm-hmm. like a very strong lock. I'd also say the Texans taking a quarterback in the first round uh, with their first pick, that feels very likely. And then also say, you know, kind of moving further down the board, Detroit uh, going with a defensive player uh, with their first pick, uh, specifically a cornerback, that feels like a pretty good bet. I will be eyeing that whenever the odds for that are posted. Mm. Here on BetQL Daily, Joe Ostrowski, PJ Glasser with Matthew Friedman at Matt F, the Oracle, Director of Content Fantasy Pros and Betting Pros. And uh, Matthew had one of the most accurate mock drafts out there uh, last year. Now, speaking of mock drafts, we mentioned multiple times, 60 days away, Matt. Um, When should we start paying attention to that? And the ones that are so far out, I, I, get, I think we all get annoyed with this, but we know why it happens. Uh, people that do mock drafts and even people that have fairly accurate ones. Um, there's 2.0, and we're going to get to 7.0, and 9.0, and 10.0 over the, le- over the next two months. So uh, when you look at mocks now, how much are you weighing that? Is it just kind of a feeler? Is it more about connecting certain teams with positions? or And then how is that different from mocks that are available in uh, just the weeks, weeks out from the draft? Yeah, great question. So I just released uh, version 4.0. Uh, you know, the pre-combine <laughs> mock. So I'm, I'm one of those guys putting it out there. Yeah. And I will say. Get those for hits. Me, for me, <laughs> yeah. For me, the mocks really seem to take a turn after free agency. Because at that point, mm-hmm. we've seen guys at the combine and teams have started to fill their needs. And so, you know, at this point, we might say, oh, this team needs a wide receiver. And then a month from now, it might be like, no, they don't need a wide receiver in round one because they address that in free agency. So for me right now, it's about kind of experimenting, uh, you know, playing out different scenarios in mock drafts and saying like, okay, if this team addresses this position, what might happen later down the board? Um, and when I'm looking at different mock drafts, it really is to get a sense of a couple of things. I say three things. One, how people are ordering players within the same position. So, for instance, you know, like the cornerback position. Uh, it's, I've, bought, I've been able to get a pretty good sense of like, okay, Christian Gonzalez and Devin Witherspoon, those are the two guys at the top of most mocks at the position. And then later down the board, even though it's a great classic cornerback, there's not really like a solid number three, number four, number five. It's a little bit of a hodgepodge there. So one is just sort of stacking players within the same position. The other, uh, the second way is kind of getting a sense of positions going to different teams, as you mentioned. So, you know, like by surveying a lot of mock drafts, we can just see, all right, it's pretty likely that Indianapolis, uh, or at least the consensus is that Indianapolis is going with a quarterback at number four, Seattle looking for a defensive lineman at number five, stuff like that. And then I would say uh, also to just kind of getting a sense of the players that people are talking about and what it is that they're saying about those players. So I feel like I have a pretty good sense of right now of who has a pretty good shot of going in the first round and then who is more kind of on that round one, round two borderline. So I'm not looking for like any hard solid fixes of this player to this team. It's really just to get a sense of how it is that people are talking about this class. Matt, what are your thoughts on the receivers in this class? Because I feel like the last couple of years, it's just been absolutely loaded and there are some good prospects in this class, but 
you know, Quentin Johnson, Jackson Smith, Najigba, Jordan Addison, I don't think they're receiving nearly as much hype as some of those guys these last couple of years. So is there a guy amongst those three or maybe somewhere else that you really like? Is there any kind of positions that you're eyeing on, on maybe how you're going to be drafting some of these receivers? Yeah, the wide receiver group is interesting because although, like, there's a pretty solid top four, top five, it is very rare to find a mock draft where one of these guys goes in the top ten. It's just not that kind of wide receiver class. Uh, and so I think that means that the, the the guy to go number one overall at the position, that's a little more wide open than people might anticipate. So Quentin Johnson, if you look at, you know, a number of mock drafts, he normally is the first guy off the board, although Jordan Addison is sometimes the first guy off the board. But Jalen Hyatt is the guy who kind of stands out to me. Uh, we don't know yet if he's going to run at the Combine, but if he runs, it's kind of expected that he could be in that like 4.28 to 4.32 kind of range. And if that happens, I mean, speed is the one thing we have consistently seen teams covet in wide receivers. It's, I would say it's like the Tyree kill effect. Ever since he burst on the scene, it's very likely that the first wide receiver going in the draft is a guy who has significant speed. And Hyatt seems to be that guy out of the wide receivers at the top of the class. And we saw what he was able to do this past year. He was a Bolitnikoff winning wide receiver. So if there's no wide receiver who goes in the top 10 and it's pretty wide open, Hyatt as the number one wide receiver in the class feels like something that more people should be paying attention to. Another intriguing market, Matt, is uh, which team will draft B. John Robinson. It's the, it's the only one I've seen where you can pair up an NFL team with a player. I mean, that's going to be available all over the place, but uh, so far out from the draft, uh, that one's available. And that one is certainly one that pops where it looks like you can get some value because the favorite is plus 275 with Philadelphia. Have you made a play there? Are there any uh, intriguing potential landing spots for Robinson? Yeah, I haven't made a play there, although I got to say, like, in mock drafts, like, that is the de facto Robinson pick, you know? what If people mm-hmm. are being aggressive, they give him to the Eagles at number 10. That feels a little aggressive, given that the Eagles are a pretty smart organization, and uh, they, they don't seem like the type of group that would invest that kind of draft capital in a running back. But, I mean, they've got the pick at number 30. And a lot of people are putting Robbins in there. I'm putting Robbins in there. The thing is, I don't know if I feel really solid about it. You could see him going to Detroit at number 18, potentially Baltimore at number 22. Uh, I mean, maybe even the Giants at number 25 if they let Saquon go. But uh, Robinson going to the Eagles, it feels almost too good to actually happen. Like the fit at number 30 feels almost like it is too perfect for it actually to happen. I haven't bet it because uh, I just want to see what happens in free agency at the running back position. And man, it is, it is so hard to pick at this point of the year, especially a running back going to any one given team in the first round. Matthew Friedman, director of content, fantasy pros. Betting pros, one of the best NFL draft bettors out there. Uh, We look forward to our conversations over the next couple of months until we get to draft night. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. College basketball conference tournaments start today. We're going to take a look at some potential flyers there and some Big 12 matchups tonight. 
on the College Hoops card. BetQL Daily on the BetQL Network.